Hey, welcome to Inside the Album. I'm Don Seckler. That's Tommy Hilkin over there. How you doing, Tommy? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Don. I'm back at the wall. Nice. So just want to thank everybody for listening. Hope you're enjoying the uh, podcast here. Keep in mind that we would really appreciate it if you could subscribe, share, give us a review. Uh, Also, let you know that we also have a merch store up at our website. It's InsideTheAlbum.com, and you can get cool shirts like the one I'm wearing. This one says guitars and amps and drums and rock and roll. It's pretty cool. We also have that uh, record insert shirt is up there now too. So if people, I know people have asked about that. If you're looking for that, you can get it at our uh, website, insidethealbum.com. With the podcast, we're also including a charity element and that charity is Music for Mark. So tell us about that charity. All right, Don. So as we know, as we do inside the album, we're really getting together to get people to know about our foundation, Music for Mark. We want to bring music to the world for kids. Really what we want to do is we want to be able to offer them music lessons. It can be either guitar lessons, piano lessons, or it could be, uh, you know, vocal lessons, learning how to sing, whatever it might be. We want to bring music to the world. That's what we're doing. But this month and on this episode, I want to remind everybody, we're also looking for donations. If you have guitars sitting around, right, drum sets that you're not using, anything that we could repurpose and get out to the world and actually get used. I know we never mentioned that before, but people have guitars laying around all over the place. Sure. So if you got one, give us a buzz, give us an email. We'd love to come pick it up from you. Cool. Yeah, and you could just check that out at musicformark.com and just reach out there and, and we'll be able to help you out with that. Yep. Beautiful. So today we are doing the debut album by Van Halen, which is oh, yeah. titled Van Halen. Classic, classic, unbelievable breakthrough album. One of the best debut albums of all time in my mind. Uh, the The band at the time uh, was Eddie Van Halen, of course, on guitar, the legendary guitar player. David Lee Roth on vocals, Michael Anthony on bass, and then also Alex Van Halen, Eddie's brother, is the drummer for the band. So the album came out in, uh, it was released on February 10th of 1978. So we always like to talk a little bit about, you know, what was going on that time in music. And at this time, you know, we've kind of been in this 77, 78, 79 zone, talking about a lot of different albums. So at this time we had, again, Some Girls, which we've discussed in the past, uh, 52nd Street by Billy Joel, uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town by Bruce Springsteen was a huge album at this time. And uh, one of the all-time great uh, punk albums, Parallel Lines by Blondie, was was a huge hit at this time. The album did over 10 million copies sold and reached number 19 in the U.S. So they had a lot of success. It was all over the radio. And it was really, I think, what blew people's minds was, was Eddie Van Halen's guitar playing because it was so different at the time. Nobody had heard anything like it. Oh, nothing at all. Amazing, amazing, Eddie Van Halen. And you know what? When we get into this, we start talking a little deeper. We'll dig into the band and everything. Very interesting band for sure. Uh, I'd hate to say the word underrated, but you know what? They really were like a, uh, as a band as a whole, you, you didn't really see much about them, you know, the band. So I'd love to talk about that. Hmm. So like we were saying before, this is, they had just, you know, they'd just been together a couple of years and they were, this is their first record. The album cover is fairly iconic too. It has, uh, we'll show it here on the video, but it has each of the four guys. Those pictures were shot at the Whiskey A Go-Go in Los Angeles, one of the clubs where Van Halen was playing a lot during the mid seventies. And on that cover, you'll see uh, Eddie Van Halen holding up a white guitar. And that's actually his Frankenstrat, which he built himself before he painted it red. So I don't know if people know that, but the classic Eddie guitar is the red guitar. But that's the actual guitar. It just was black and white at the time. And then Eddie later painted it red. So um, it's a completely customized Stratocaster. He built it out of all sorts of like replacement parts and just hacked it together. It's really, uh, you know, a a homemade guitar for for all intents and purposes. 
one of the interesting stories I, I've heard was somebody was, you know, another musician, another guitar player was at a Van Halen show and he got a chance to, you know, before the show, go on stage and, and play Eddie's, you know, red guitar. And he said it sounded nothing like Eddie Van Halen yeah. <laughs> when he played it. But it just goes to show you the the sound is really in the fingers and, and a lot less in the uh, in the actual uh, instrument themselves. And as we've been covering this, we've been going through some of the greatest guitarists of all time. And, you know, yeah. and I often think about the only other guy that I remember, but he was a rocket scientist for real, who built his own guitars with Brian May of Queen, which is oh, yeah. of, uh, built from scratch, you know, to get the sound and put it all together. Yeah, yeah, another I, and and you know Brian May I think too is 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 fairly underrated as a guitar player. He doesn't he never comes up in the list of great guitar players, but yeah. you know when you listen to some of those riffs for for Queen, they're they're mind blowing. Yeah, one of my favorites. When when Van Halen was looking for a record deal, they actually got connected with Gene Simmons from Kiss, and Kiss was already popular and touring and stuff like that. So Gene financed a three song demo for Van Halen. And then he paid them the money to go ahead and record this, work with them a little bit, but then he went out on tour with Kiss. Mm -hmm. So by the time he got back, Van Halen had already been playing shows in Los Angeles. They had this tape now and they had ended up getting a deal directly with Warner Brother Records. So, yeah. you know, while Gene Simmons kind of got them started a little bit in terms of the demo process, He, he could have actually signed them and, and you know, helped help gotten them the deal, but it ended up not being, uh, you know, not coming to fruition. Yeah, I always found that interesting. Of all things, Gene Simmons, you know, didn't get them a record deal, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Kiss was popular, right? When, when Kiss started like 70, was it 75, well, 76? Yeah, Kiss Alive came out like in 75, which put them over the hump. You know, got them going. Okay, so they were out earlier than that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They've been around forever. Dude, they just played last night, New Year's Eve in Dubai. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, I was like wow. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This so, will never go away. No, no, for sure. So, so uh, the, the record, and like a lot of these first records that we hear, that this one was really recorded very quickly. It only took three weeks to record. And again, most of it was recorded live with very little overdubbing. And again, it comes from the band playing live a lot. They had these songs pretty well, you know, put together. They didn't have to change a lot. They were able to go ahead and just go ahead and, and rip it out live. So that, you know, again, another album that came together very, very quickly. You know, you talk about quickly, and we've been mentioning this a lot lately, man. There was nothing better than the bands going into the studio with their instruments and actually playing the album, you know, putting it together right there, you know? Yeah. One of my favorite things when I think about all the bands that would just go in and jam and then put these songs together live, best. There's no better way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes, you know, they work on the albums for years and years and years, and they, you know, oh. uh, uh, I, some of them turn out pretty good, but I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of the live performance. No, me too. Yeah, and it really it brings out that life. You know, this is happening in the now. It's got to work. But we'll talk about Eddie and how he always thought about making music anyway, but we'll go to that. Yeah, yeah. So David Lee Roth was actually auditioned for Van Halen multiple times. So the band, you know, was Eddie and Eddie and Alex, and they got Michael Anthony, and then and David Lee Roth uh, had, had auditioned a couple of times when they were looking for singers. And they they refused him, and then eventually they let him join because he owned a PA. So they're like, well, we can save a few bucks and not have to rent a PA every time we play out. <laughs> you know, a guy who's a legendary, legendary frontman for a band. I mean, back in the day was amazing on stage. Um, you know, basically was in the band because he owned a PA. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me tell you something. It's a good thing he had that PA because as we move along, we'll talk about David, David Lee Roth. We'll discuss how much he conflict he brought to the band after a while. But yeah. not that be said, you know, I posted on our Facebook page, right? Inside the album on Facebook. Go to it, check it out. The original David Lee Roth I put up there the other day, his name was Jim Dandy from Black Oak, Arkansas. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, check it out. You'll see, you'll see he was the original David Lee Roth in the early 70s. 
The guy was amazing. Still huh. one of the greatest frontmen. So check him out. You'll like what you see. And so is he, is that what that song is is about? Is that song about him? That's him. Go to oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but Black Oak Arkansas played California Jam 1974. Dude, they were a huge band. Great, great band that nobody even thinks about or talks about. But the guy, Jim Dandy, was the original character, spandex, boots, fur, right? Everything. <laughs> he, was the, he was the original guy, front guy. So check him out. You'll see where David Lee Roth came from. You really yeah. will. Interesting. Yeah. Good stuff. So uh, the band was originally called Genesis, and uh, they they found out, you know, a little bit later on that there was already a Genesis. They didn't know because it was the Peter Gabriel Genesis, which was this yeah. kind of alt uh, art rock, I guess is what you would call it, band. Uh, so they changed the name to Mammoth, and then, um, you know, they were going along, and David Lee Roth didn't like the Mammoth as much, and he suggested that they use the name Van Halen. So wow. the the name actually came from Dave, which is wow, interesting. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. And then they they also ran into some issues where they had trouble sometimes getting booked at clubs because they were too loud live. So that was a, a challenge that they had to kind of overcome. I think you know eventually they settled into those Sunset Strip clubs there in L.A., yeah. um, where you know they they loved it loud, so it worked out. But you know, you and I have both been to many rock shows. So think about that, right? Have you ever seen a band that you really love and you know how the tunes need to be loud and they tune you down, they turn you down? It doesn't work. And right. that's the challenge that they ran into. They needed to be up and be loud. That's yeah. really what carries their music. It does take a lot of the energy out of it, you know, when it when it's oh, down yeah. too low. Yeah. Um, so again, they they did this really quickly. They recorded they actually recorded 28 songs in two hours, which is insane. <laughs> I mean, the, I, I don't even know how you fit 28 songs. I guess you could in two hours, but it, it was like, just like, bam, bam, bam. So uh, the engineer at the time on this album was Don Landy, who worked with them for uh, for many years. Uh, but he said they were super, super fast once they got into the studio. Hey, I broke it down. It's almost four minutes a song. Yeah, Go right. Yeah. <laughs> You're good at math. You're welcome. Not technology, but math. I'm good. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So let's start it off. Let's get into the songs here. We'll start off with the opener, which is uh, Running with the Devil. Mm. You know, this is a really popular song. I'm sure probably much everybody who's listening to this knows that song. That sound at the beginning is actually a bunch of backwards car horns. So the guys in the band, they actually went out into the parking lot, took the horns out of their cars, put them into a box, hooked them up with some car batteries and a foot switch, and then they reversed it and slowed it down in production to make that sound, which is like when you hear that the first time, it doesn't sound like a car horn at all, but that's what it is. Yeah, no, nothing better than creating that sound. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So th that idea for doing the car horns on the track had come from Gene Simmons, actually. So this is one of the songs that they did on that Gene Simmons demo. And it was his idea to throw these car horns on there somehow. And they, and you know, again, you go back to Eddie with the guitar building it himself. They, Eddie loved to to kind of muck around with stuff. He used to modify his amps and his guitars. Everything was done. You know, they take stuff apart, put it back together differently to get different sounds. So that was always the you know the Eddie Van Halen mindset. So the second song is another classic, and really, this is, I mean, this is the song that, like, like blew people's minds, and this one is Eruption. Eruption. <laughs> 
so you know and I mean, i'm sure most people know this again too so i'm not going to play the whole thing here but again this is a song that i would guess that this song probably got tens of millions of kids to pick up a guitar it's literally that pervasive the interesting thing about this is it was something that Eddie had been playing since like 1976. So he'd been playing it for years as his solo spot when they played live. Eddie didn't want to include it on the album, yeah. but he, he was sitting in the studio one day and just doing it, you know, out of habit because they had a show coming up and he was just kind of rehearsing for it. Ted Templeman, who was the guy who signed them, overheard it while he was doing this in the studio they they you know they actually just ended up recording it and putting it on eddie was like yeah you know he still was not uh, convinced that it should be on the record and even to this day he made it eddie said he made a mistake at the very beginning of eruption and whenever he hears it he thinks that he could have played it better could you imagine that somebody saying that about that piece of music <laughs> well we we talk about it all, all the time these guys these artists you know they're they're the toughest critics, man. It's the worst. That's why they get so beat up. They're just so tough on themselves. Think about what he produced there, right? But yeah. I want to give a little thing on this. When you know, when we first heard this back when I first got this album, and I'll talk to you a little bit about when I first got it, I really thought it was just the lead-in to the next song. I didn't realize it held up on its own back then as right. a song. Right? right. I just thought if, look, it's the radio just played it as one. Right. Right? So it just flowed through. So I never even realized it was a completely different song than what we're going to come into. Yeah. And, you know, it, it fits so well because uh, the next song is You Really Got Me, which, again, I'm sure this is another one where this album is packed with so many songs that everybody knows. You yeah. know, there's there's not too many kind of hidden gems on this one. But that's a good segue into the You Really Got Me. It's, it's one of two covers on the album. So there are two cover songs. The original song, You Really Got Me, was done by The Kinks. Mm -hmm. So let's take a listen to that. You really got me. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> Just a rip alone. It's that sound that he gets out of that guitar, you know? the harmonies so uh so this song obviously it's a it's a like we said it's a kink song that probably most a lot of people know the kinks version as well but I, I just remember seeing this in the early 80s live and just that riff in the arena just it was insane just out yeah. of this world you know I'm, I'm not a big fan of covers it never have been right so but this one it kind of outdoes the kinks a little bit i have to say some you people know? would say that this is a better version you know i you know it's a it's a matter of personal taste i think i get it but it's a it's a perfect fit for them i mean they you know you always hear oh you made it your own type of thing that they really did they kind of changed the song enough to where it became a van halen song and it, yeah. it you know and it really it really uh this version at least was not a kink song anymore yeah you want another you just you hit the nail on the head they made this a van halen song for real for the people yeah. who first you know it's like even if you heard the king song it's it's two different genres it really is it's amazing but i want to go back to what you said about you know the uh, harmonies, you know, Michael Anthony, he, he's tremendous at what he does. Yeah. And he's like the most underrated guy in the band, but what a great singer he is. Yeah. And, and you hear his harmonies on so many of these songs yeah. and it's, it's him and Eddie, you know, Eddie's in there too, a little yeah. bit, Eddie, Eddie yeah. does a little bit, but it really is the Michael Anthony voice really works. It just works. Every, all these pieces fit so well with these guys. Yeah. Everybody's got a little something different that they bring to the table. Uh, you know, Michael Anthony's bass playing is also amazing. He's got the great backup vocals. He's great on stage with, you know, and you, you, when you think about that, think about that great on stage. So you got David Lee Roth. And if for people who didn't see Van Halen in the seventies or the eighties, go on YouTube and watch some videos of David Lee Roth on stage. This guy never stopped. 
Right. You know, he was, he's doing high kicks. He's jumping off shit, the whole concert. And Eddie and, 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 uh, and Michael uh, Anthony are playing off that. And also the whole band was moving all the time. It was such a great, great show. These guys were so good live. Uh, great band, for sure. Yeah. So you really got me. Interesting story about this. There was a band in LA at the time called Angel. And so Eddie uh, had showed Angel's drummer or, or played Eddie, uh, the drummer from Angel, a demo version of this song. And the next day he learned that Angel was recording their own cover and trying to release it before Van Halen. So they, Van Halen was like, had that in mind and they wanted to really get this out to beat this other band to covering You Really Got Me. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, think about it. I had a couple Angel albums so now I'm sitting here thinking, my God, whatever happened to Angel? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You know? I had yeah. never, I I wasn't aware of them back then, so I didn't, I didn't really have anything about them. Super glam rock. Oh, Long okay. Hair, all the makeup, all, everything <laughs> about them was the, the glam rock days, right? So. That's where they started to come along and they were big. Angel was big for a while and then came and went. Okay. Yeah. The other interesting thing about You Really Got Me, it was the single off of the album, but Eddie actually didn't want it the single because it was a cover and he wanted to have Jamie's Crying as the first single off the album. Mm. And you know what? Jamie's Crying, great, great tune. We're going to cover it and talk about it, but it easily could have been the single. No doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Such a good song. Yeah. So this next song is Ain't Talking About Love, another song uh, I think everybody just knows, and an amazing, amazing riff. Uh, just insane, that. right? That. So this song, when Eddie first came up with this riff, uh, he he didn't even think it was good enough to show the band. <laughs> Could you imagine that? It's like a legendary all-time great riff. Yeah. Just insane. Again, I think that comes back to what you were saying too earlier about how these guys are often their harshest critics, right? Without a doubt. You know, here we are thinking it's the greatest thing ever. And he's always thinking I can improve it. I don't want to put that on there. You know, we talked about it. Clapton was the same way. Never felt he got it right. Yeah. Never. That's just mindset stuff. And I feel bad for these guys. Look what they brought to the world. Right. right? Exactly. And I, I hope they took some of that back for themselves and realized how great they were. I really do. I think they do over time. You know, yeah. I think you yeah. see this like earlier a lot. And then later on, they kind of come to terms with it. Understanding that there's something great to being Eddie Van Halen. Right. You don't you don't want to wake up every day and say how great I am. Right. You got to really embrace the fact that, oh, my God. Right. Yeah, look, look what I've done for the music world. Yeah. And this song, Eddie wrote this as it was supposed to be like a punk rock parody, but it didn't end up sounding punk at all. So because um, at this time, you know, punk was pretty popular. And, and you know, I, I guess you had two camps. You had a the punks and the rockers, right? And, and it, you know, there was some crossover, I guess, but a lot of times there, there wasn't because the punks were kind of against the rockers, you know? I was waiting to, to tell you if I'm gonna throw in my story now. So All my right. cousin Tim became, became a rock, he became a guy in rock and roll. He toured in a band, but he was my, my brother's, you know, cousin, the younger one. And I, uh -huh. I had older cousins that I hung out with. But one day he was with my brother at the summer, right? And he came to my house and I came in my house. I just came from the store. And in one hand, I had Van Halen's first album. And in the other hand, I had Rocket to Russia. Oh, nice. Yeah. He said he never said he never forgot that when he remembered those two albums that I brought into the house that day. And it, it just changed his way he looked at music. But just as you were saying, those were the two I brought home, Rocket to Russia and Van Halen. Yeah. And, I, and, and I've always been a kind of a both 
kind of guy. In fact, I like punk a lot. I still go to punk. Oh, God. But, uh, you know, there there was that kind of divide back then. And if you were punk, you were like against everything and angry and, and rock was a little bit more party. And, you know, you know, you know what you and I say, what do we always say, Don? Hey, it's, it's rock, rock and roll. And roll. <laughs> <laughs> it's rock and roll. We, we, we keep, we'll even get to the point of the blues being on this album. But go ahead. Exactly. And so, punk, blues and rock and roll. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So there's actually uh, there's actually a sitar on this song. So Eddie doubled the solo section with an electric sitar. Yeah, he didn't know what it was. It was kind of cheap. It looked like a Dan Electro guitar, and uh, he didn't even know it was an electric sitar because it didn't sound like one. It just sounded like a really buzzy fretted guitar. So a guitar that makes a little bit more noise. Um, but it's it's kind of doubled under that solo section, so it's a little hard to hear it, but uh, but it is in there. And of course, this song is ain't talking about love; it's about casual sex. Um, it's something that David Lee Roth was known for at the day. He used to have the roadies give out backstage passes to the pretty girls at the at the shows, and uh, he. Yeah, and he just a few, and then he offered a hundred dollar reward with a roadie if he slept with one of these women. <laughs> oh, wow, hundred! Wow. So <laughs> cheap. <laughs> <laughs> well, back then it was a lot of money. So, so they were, you know, these guys were known debauchers, right? They were a party band. They, you know, they were drinking a lot and and partying up and and just there to have a good time. Sex and drugs and rock and roll. Pretty much. Uh, I like it. What did you call it? Casual sex? <laughs> Casual sex, yes. Not serious, intimate oh, relationship sex. Just casual. Casual. I love that phrase. I'm just casual. Not a lot of effort. <laughs> I'll just be sitting here. Thank you. All right. So let's take a listen to the next one. This is I'm the One. So another another real rocker. These guys just was straight ahead and again live. The shows were like bam, 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 bam. It like barreled. It like it's like you're getting punched almost, you know. Yeah. But it's awesome. Thank you God, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the interesting thing on this is that Alex Van Halen used the two kick drums. So he had the two big bass uh, kick drums, and you know that was unusual at the time. I don't think it was that common. That's that style got very popular in like late 90s early 2000s heavy metal bands but um and even in the 80s some of the, the some of the hair bands use the double kick drums but this was really I, this may have been the like one of the first times that it was really used on a on a, a well-known album a popular album at the time you know when you think about van halen right and we're talking rock and roll you know you got david lee roth is always doing a lot of fill in between when he's not singing right right which is a different approach to the filling the fill and uh, Eddie Van Halen's guitar. But if you listen to this song and you slow it down a bit, it's a boogie woogie song. Oh, yeah, it really is. You know what I mean? It's a typical boogie woogie rhythm and beat. Right. That they just make. See, what they did was they took all these genres of music and made them Van Halen. Yeah, they, they heavied cool. them up, right? Right. Yeah. Sped them up, hurried them up. Eddie's guitar, which you can't find anywhere else. But if you put somebody else in there, this would just be an old fashioned boogie woogie tune. It really would. If you think yeah. about it, somebody could be playing at the piano, right? It's great to hear, but that's what they did. They Everything they took, they just turned into Van Halen. Yeah. The best. And, you know, there's a lot, I think a lot of that influence comes from Dave. So Dave is, is a big vaudeville, uh, kind of old school, old, old school kind of guy. And so yeah. a lot of that boogie woogie, 
you know, we're going to hear some more of that in the other cover song that they they did uh, later on. But it, I think Roth brought a lot of that kind of almost vaudevillian types of stuff to feel to the band. And it's such a weird mix because you got on one hand, you've got the shredder metal, you know, all time great guitar player, the drummer and everybody's so heavy and hard. And then Dave brings in this balance of, you know, exactly what you're talking about, whether it's the boogie woogie, the vaudeville, whatever. Yeah, definitely. So it it all plays together magically, and that that's what that's what makes it so good. Yeah, Diamond Dave, I you know I think he might have wanted to be a movie star. I really do. Yeah, he yeah. went in many directions. Yeah, he, he had a personality that was over the top. Right. He was what he and we talked about like uh, you know who is the guy who you wouldn't want to be on tour with because he's never off stage, right? <laughs> this is true. <laughs> he's Especially always when, Oh my god, when he was younger, I used to listen to him on the Howard Stern show, man. Whew. 45 minutes just <laughs> Yeah, right, right. It was like he never he never took a breath. Right? He just kept going. He was always just Diamond Dave. Diamond Dave, no matter where he was, man. Crazy. <laughs> All right, so let's listen to the next tune on the album. This one is uh, Jamie's Crying. So there you hear those uh, those harmonies that we've been talking about, the background harmonies. And uh, th this this song is uh, David Lee Roth actually wrote the lyrics, actually wrote all the lyrics. This song is about a girl who has a one night stand and then is kind of regretting it. And David Lee Roth, who's the guy handing out backstage passes to all the girls in the, in the audience, is the one who wrote these kind of, you know, sensitive lyrics almost. It's, so that's interesting. Quite the guy. <laughs> hey stop crying yeah so uh eddie eddie wanted this like we said before eddie wanted this to be the signal it wasn't um but it was actually the uh guitar riff was actually sampled in the 80s and it was on uh tone loke's 1988 hit wild thing yeah so oh, you hear oh. that you hear that drums and then the the guitar riff kind of in in wild thing from uh 1988 from tone loke so it had a second life in the uh, in the late eighties. There, we might have to cover Funky Cold Medina, man. Hey, we man. might have to. Yeah, we might have to. <laughs> we might have to do that whole album. <laughs> Two songs that sounded exactly the same, just changed the lyrics. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So funny. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's move on. The next song is Atomic Punk. Uh. So this song, uh, it, it very there's no backing vocals on it at all. So it's just Dave singing, which is completely weird because almost every Van Halen song has Eddie and Michael as as those uh, background voices. Yeah, you know, you know what's interesting, Don. I'm just thinking we're doing inside the album, right? And every time we do these albums, I realize it takes me back to my youth, as we say in my youth in New Jersey. <laughs> youth. But, you know. <laughs> You used to play a whole album. What's that, a youth? What's a youth, right? 
but it, it takes me back to my youth. But when you think about it, right, the reason that you had to put out an album, the songs had to be good because most people would put an album on and play the album through, which nobody knows about today, putting an album on and listen to it side A and side B. Right, right. But, you know, I'm listening to this album here. I'm going, my God, I could just remember this playing straight through all the time. Just tremendous. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So this song was actually the B-side of You Really Got Me. And uh, it was also the beginning part where it's kind of that phase effect. Eddie was playing with his hand, rubbing his hand across the strings while he's picking. So he's rubbing his hand and picking the strings and then running it through a little phase box, which is actually the box that he used on this record. They actually turned it into a Van Halen. It's called the Van Halen phase 90 now, but it's a little phaser that makes that kind of sound. So uh, just some interesting effects there. And it's interesting because I, uh, I'm a huge Eddie Van Halen uh, fan and and he's one of the reasons I, I, I picked up the guitar in the first place. And I read an interview with him once and they had asked him about Hendrix. And Eddie said, yeah, Hendrix is good, but he's, he lo- relies on so many effects. And Eddie Van Halen, always is, he's always got that phase phaser on his guitar. You know, he uses a lot of effects himself. So I, I never understood that, but. Well, when you play, do you do wish you, wish you, like you just said? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> you do the wish you? Wish you, wish you, wish you. I could do that. Wish you. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, too funny. Uh, Donnie Van Halen. Donnie Van Halen. All right, let's talk about Feel Your Love Tonight. Another great song. I love this song. Yeah. So, so this section of this song is something that got, it's the breakdown part where it's just guitar and vocals and you, I, I'm going to play it for you and listen to it, but it's something that got copied a lot by hair metal bands in the eighties. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> right here that's just the guitar and vocals right and the drums come back in so that that was actually something that you heard a lot in the 80s from you know these all the different hair bands that were out there uh in the mid 80s you did you did i did right i forgot you erased the 80s you did well Something happened. <laughs> I can't give full disclosure. <laughs> so, but the, the thing that, and you know, it just points back to how groundbreaking this album is because so many of these, these things that we've talked about from Eddie's playing to this breakdown to, you know, the harmonies that they use and things like that were things that, that, you know, they had been done before here and there, but they put them together in such a way that it really kind of blew people's minds at the time. Yeah. You know, it, I got, I got the process. I got the formula. You know, you get an Eddie Van Halen, you right. You get an Alex Van Halen. Yeah. That's right? two easy steps. You get Michael Anthony and then you get <laughs> David Lee Roth to write songs about getting laid. And, <laughs> end of story. There you Make go. Girls cry, yeah. Getting laid. Everything's casual. So it's, you got four or five songs, right? <laughs> it's it's like the old uh, Steve Martin joke. Okay, here's how you get rich. First, get a million dollars. End of story. Here's how you get rich. All right. So let's uh, let's move on to uh, the next song on the album. Another great, great song. I get, there's no bad songs on this record. No. They're all so good. Yeah. Uh, this one is Little Dreamer. Yeah. 
about your cold when you were headed for the skies. But you were young and bold, and baby, didn't that change with a wink of your eye? Now no one's talking about those crazy days gone by. No one talks about that. So the, to me, the interesting thing about this song is that David Lee Roth actually gets to really sing. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of the yelps and the squeals and the the riff is a mid-tempo. It's a little brooding. It's very moody, but it's background. It's not, you know, every other song on this album, the, the centerpiece is Eddie's guitar. Mm-hmm. It, it just is. And this song, it's more of that, this is the band Roth is getting a chance to actually sing and, and sing well, I think. Yeah. You know, and as I say, every if we break this song down, it breaks down to rock and roll. I'm saying here that riff that they're playing throughout the song, if that was played by Stevie Ray Vaughan or Buddy Guy, you know, it, you would be wondering what was going on. But it, it, you could hear it that it's just a great, great guitar riff. Yeah. Done Van Halen style, the whole song, right? It's yeah. So amazing. good. But the foundation still comes back to anybody picking that guitar up and playing it a different way. It's still the same guitar riff. Yeah. Eddie makes it sound like Eddie. Yeah, for sure. So now the next song is the other cover on the album. And this one is Ice Cream Man. And it's originally done by uh, Chicago blues musician John Brim and was recorded in 1953. Wow. The beginning part of it, it's it's one of David Lee Roth's favorite album uh, songs of, of Van Halen's, and he really pushed to get it on the album as a tribute to the blues. Beautiful. And so the first verse is just Dave playing the acoustic guitar and singing, and then the band comes in after that. And again, I think this is one that people are, are pretty familiar with, but I don't know if people know that David Lee Roth is actually playing the guitar on the acoustic part. So let's take a listen. Dedicate one to the ladies. Summertime said, Bang, need something to keep you cool. I'm now summertime said, Bang, need something to keep you cool. Better look out now, though. Dave's got something for you. Tell you what it is. I'm your ice cream man. Stop me when I'm passing by. Oh, my, my, I'm your ice cream man. Stop me when I'm passing by. See now all my flavors are guaranteed to satisfy Hold on a second, baby I gotta put my banana in Dixie cups All flavors and push-ups too I'm your ice cream man, baby Stop me when I'm passing by See now all my flavors are guaranteed to satisfy Hold on one more Well, I'm usually passing by just about 11 o'clock <laughs> I never stop, I usually passing by just around 11 o'clock And if you let me cool you one time You'll be my regular style All right, boys I'm put my vanilla Dixie cups All flavors and push up to I'm your ice cream man Stop me when I'm satisfied See, now all my flavors Can't be satisfied Yes I'm your ice cream man So the, this song, uh, again, a great, a great live song because he's just up there with the acoustic guitar and then the band comes in and the lights come on and it's just, boom, you know, it goes crazy. The best. I have to say, we didn't get a chance to talk to anybody, but it would be great. I wonder the band must have loved doing that song. They had to. Yeah, it's such, a, it's such a fun song, right? You would hope so. Everything about it is just fantastic, you know? Yeah. So it, and it's a song like an old blues song. It's full of double entendres. So at the beginning, when Roth says dedicate one to the ladies, he's making it clear that when he brags that his flavors are guaranteed to satisfy, he's not talking about a frozen treat, right? (laughs) So he's leaning into that whole blues double entendre thing a lot. 
can, can I have a strawberry shortcake? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my plug, That's my plug for the day. For strawberry shortcake? Brooklyn eggplant, toasted almond. I'm good with all of them. <laughs> they are good, right? Now I want an ice cream truck to come by. <laughs> sure you do. Wink, wink. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> nudge, nudge. All right. So nice. the the album closer is probably the I guess probably the least well known song I guess on the album I would say, uh, but still a great song. And th this one, it's on fire is the name of the song. Uh, it was the song that they actually opened their shows with in in the year nineteen seventy eight. So this is what they came out on stage with. But if you listen to this one, uh, we'll play it just a second here. But uh, when you listen to the bass and guitar. It, to me, it feels like it's like a roller coaster sound and like David Lee Roth is singing is just like kind of hanging on for dear life as as he goes through this song. Uh, so take a listen, see if you if you get that too. So it's pretty frenetic, right? I mean, that you can. And you, I feel like he's like, whoa, you know, it's got that whole vibe to it. I, I think anyway. On. Yeah. <laughs> what a great opener, though, for a show, right? Could you imagine popping out to that? It's it's crazy. Uh, you know, you just I want you to uh, check out Angel. You know. Uh, yeah, you'll definitely. See, you'll, you'll see this song here is back in that genre of the day. Really yeah. Is. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, uh, you know, it started to progress into speed metal, you know, where everything was just a force right. to be dealt with right in your face, right, right your heart going. That's for another well, day. And no, even though these guys, so, you know, a lot of people wouldn't classify Van Halen as metal, but they're on the border. They're on the edge of that all the time, right? Like songs yeah. like this or Atomic yeah. Punk, it's very kind of almost metalish in terms of the aggressiveness, but they always kind of slide back into that rock pop pocket where the songs are still catchy and you know you can sing along with them and stuff yeah i, I think that's the challenge that as they went through the years that uh they could have been anything they wanted to they were that good of a band to play yeah but you know the, getting a lot of it is pop a lot of it was a radio airplay sure you know sure. it really was yep and i guess that's what everybody fought for back in the day is listen uh, who am i to say but you get a song on a radio you did good yeah you know, end of story well yeah and that's how they used to sell records and make money so you know the touring was secondary back then now it's completely reversed and they don't you know they make money off touring <laughs> so times have changed dramatically <laughs> well you know that was the, like we often talk about the idea was they went on tour to sell albums yeah right you know, exactly you know the record label sponsored it put you out there usually somebody who warmed up for you was on the same label as you Yep. It's a different, different business altogether back then, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So that's Van Halen by Van Halen. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Check out, again, check out our merch store on InsideTheAlbum.com. Tom, any last yeah. words? Check it out. Everybody could use a coffee mug in the new year. Why not have <laughs> our... Yeah. Can I give a shout out to one of our faithful listeners? Oh, yes, I forgot. Sorry. Yeah. Cliff Marone wanted to say, wow, 
He used the words iconic, one of a kind, great album. So I want to give a shout out to Cliff Barone. Cliff. Even if it doesn't make the podcast, we're going to send this out to my friend Cliff Barone. I love yeah. Cliff Barone. Cliff He's a Barone. cool dude in a loose yeah. mood. And if He's he a guitar player, us- too. I've jammed with him a, a couple of yeah. times. So good, good guy. guy. Who- We'd like to share our podcast with his friends. We love Cliff Barone who's going to share all our podcast. <laughs> there you go, Cliff. Cliff Barone. What was that? What? What? Cliff Barone. Beautiful. So, right, so Cliff, Cliff Barone, tune in next week because we're going to be doing the motherfucking Sex Pistols. Oh, Never mind the Bullocks. Get ready. Oh. It's going to be amazing next week. I am so psyched for this album. Uh, Donnie boy, can I tell you something? It's in my top 10. You know, one of the songs off that album is in my top 10 of my life. I'll mention it now. We got to go EMI, baby. EMI. Love it. So don't miss next week, Sex Pistols, and we'll Uh, see you then. Thanks for listening. I look forward to it. Have a good day.